to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody, it's Jeff here once again with the Freedom Nation podcast, and I am really excited today to have a friend on that's going to talk a little bit about what that business exit. So this episode is really going to be for those of you that are out there listening to uh, they're listening, you own businesses and you're kind of figuring out what that exit is like. You know, we've had some of those conversations in the past on here, uh, but I think this will be a really good um, you know, conversation today to really talk about what that exit looks like and, and the best way to do it. And so I have uh, Saud Juman on. He's out of, uh, I think, Ontario, correct? Yep, that's right. I'm uh, just outside of Toronto. Awesomeness. Um, so why don't we kick off? Tell us a little bit about your story. How do you got to where you are today? Uh, okay. Um, the bulk of my story that I think would be applicable to, to your listeners is my last company, uh, which was a healthcare technology company, it was called Policy Medical, very niche company. Um, I ran that for just under 18 years. And um, that is what I did for that entire almost two two decades. Build that company, bootstrapped it from bootstrap to, to exit or successful exit. Mm-hmm. Um, and being an entrepreneur is, I guess, wired into me from a very, very young age. Um, you know, I had little fledgling businesses even as early as 12. Um, I had other, uh, businesses prior to the software company, but the software company really was that first meaningful business that I was able to grow. Um, and, Throughout my entrepreneurial arc of the smaller businesses to to the larger business, the 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 software tech company, um, you know, exiting and really owning your exit has been a recurrent theme that I've realized that I've maybe you know that's been part of my my little secret sauce. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about that. Own the exit. So, what do you mean by own your exit? Uh, it's it's a term I came up with post exit in 2018 when I when I sold the software company and I was having a lot of entrepreneurs come to me uh, for coaching, being an advisor, a mentor, that that type of stuff. And I'm not really um, you know, a social media person. Even back then, even now, I'm not posting, I'm not taking videos of myself. Um, and even while I was building my company, I was pretty heads down. Even when it was sold, the Toronto tech community came out and said, who are you? Who's this? What's this company? Oh, we thought it was an American company. Where did you come from? You know, <laughs> where did you come from? Right. And, uh, you know, I was, I wasn't a, a big network or anything else like that. Mm-hmm. But when people were coming to me to ask me for advice, I realized that the way we did the exit was different. And the way I've been kind of exiting up and moving up in my career has been a little bit different. Um, and a friend of mine helped me put some words to that philosophy, which is own your exit. And the Mm -hmm. essence of it really is it's better in my opinion to pay attention to the little tiny clues a business and life gives you along the way 
right? In terms of when you need to move on to the next chapter. Mm. And the earlier you pay attention to those clues, the better, because then you can architect the most meaningful exit possible in a proactive way instead mm -hmm. of reactively having to hurry and get out of a situation and then thinking about where you're going to move to next. So yeah. my philosophy, I realized retrospectively since I was younger was to proactively exit and own the exit and architect things. And a lot of that comes with paying attention to these little clues, like the little things that happen in your business or your life that you'd be like, huh, that was weird. Just shrug it aside and, and go. Because mm -hmm. those little clues, based on my experience, get louder and louder and bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> until it's, it could be something drastic in your life, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then you, you can't own the exit at that point. Yeah. So was that something that you had coaching on or was it just something you developed as you were going or, or how did that come about? Great, great question. Uh, a lot of it was instinctive. Okay. Right. Um, growing up, but, um, I would, I will say my mentors historically have had a big influence in crafting my mindset mm -hmm. and at times helping me find the vocabulary for what it is I'm doing because there, there's power in intuitively doing stuff, but then there's greater power in being aware of the thing that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And then having words attached to it. So I've had mentors over time, either through their example or just through their coaching of me, um, guide me to be like, hey, this is something really great that you're doing. And then also there's the other side of mentorship, which is this is something horrible you're doing. You need to stop that. You need to change that. Right. So <laughs> so I think uh, mentorship has has really helped quite a bit. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and in those cases, did you find mentors or did you hire mentors? You know, it's, um, and, and, and I didn't think we would talk about this today, but, uh, you know, I'll make, I'll make it quick. I have a little bit of a mentorship formula that okay. came out of a random occurrence in life. So when that last business, that software company was midway through the almost 18 years, my okay. like year eight or nine or so. We were flatlining. We mm. were pretty much, I built a lifestyle business up, right? right. So, so a lifestyle business for those that don't know, and Jeff, I'm sure you know what that is. It's a business that's providing enough money for the mm. owner or the founder. Um, and that's it, right? Yeah. But what I got into that business was to make a huge exponential impact, not just in money, but in healthcare. Mm. Um, so I had built a, lifestyle business it was flat net lining it was under a million dollars in revenue so it was yeah. you know i had a little house i got married i had a minivan mm. and it was you know paying the mortgage yeah. and just everything was just leveling out just so every 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 month and i went to a barbecue with my wife and mm. at a friend's house and then she came inside from the backyard of this person's house i was just inside in the living room and she said you know you need to go out there i was like why she goes there's a guy out there He's weird, just like you. I'm like, what? What makes him weird? He goes, he's an entrepreneur. He's just talking entrepreneur stuff. Just go out and, and just talk to him. My people. So I went out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was a fellow entrepreneur. And we became friends from then, even until now. We're, we're really, really close friends. Mm -hmm. um, and he had just exited. Okay. And we were really young. And 
over time, you know, and during that conversation, I said, what was the biggest X factor for you? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we've got the internet even back then. We can go search up a lot of basic business knowledge, basic entrepreneurial knowledge. But what's something that is not so easily accessible in terms of information that made a huge impact for you? And yeah. he said, mentorship. <laughs> so I said, I said, tell me about mentorship. And he described his mentorship experience. And then together, him and I put words to it. And we're like, oh, this is a bit of a formula. So the formula goes like this. I search for two mentors at the same time. Okay. I search for an industry-specific mentor that was specific to my industry. Um, and I made a list of three people, right? Mm-hmm. So they had, and I was really specific, by the way. So without boring your listeners with my previous sector, I got this specific. I wanted mm-hmm. somebody in software tech. Good. Within software tech, I want them within healthcare. Within mm-hmm. healthcare, I realized I want them within selling software to hospitals in the United right. States. And then I'm like, you know what? I want somebody that did all of that for hospitals, but within healthcare compliance that sold the business or has a net worth for at least $150 million. Wow, oh, that's hyper specific. So it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was, it was. And there were three people I found, right? Wow. And that's then awesome. I was looking for a general business mentor. Mm-hmm. And I wanted that mentor to have built something over half a billion dollars. I was just dreaming large. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I wanted them to be in Toronto and I wanted them to be uh, a general business mentor. And I was more specific about the personal characteristics because the formula goes like this. If they were to ever meet and work together to mentor me, mm-hmm. we all have egos. Yeah. So the industry-specific mentor, his ego would be checked by the sheer vastness of the general business mentor's empire, right? Yeah. The general business mentor's ego would be checked by the sheer industry-specific knowledge that this mm-hmm. other person has for my business, nice. right? Um, and that that's just, to continue this would be an entire another hour, but just to sum it up, I found those mentors and they were instrumental for in terms of helping me and my business. And I've continued to use that two-prong formula mm-hmm. um, from then and until now in, in different ways. Uh, in fact, I have a free PDF. It's a, it's, I documented this. It's like a 12 page PDF of yeah. how to find a mentor and the exercises and everything else that I've given it to my mentees and everything else, because I got tired of explaining how to do it. So now I'm like, I just email the PDF. They, follow it goes. The and they find their mentor. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. That's, you know what, that is probably the most organized way that I've ever heard somebody find a mentor. And and I love your approach. You know, you've got to have the industry specific and you got to have the one that's a little bit more general and and can take you to that level that you want to be. That's fantastic. Yeah, how did you uh, how did you end up finding like in your example with your business? How did you end up finding like those three people? Uh, so, I mean, I Googled and I searched. Right. Okay. So I found I found some names that was for the industry specific mentor for the general business mentor. That's still my mentor today. That friend I made at the barbecue, that was his mentor. Nice. So he said, you know, I think you should talk to him. So I spoke to him and we became a longtime men, uh, mentor, mentee, and, and friend still to this day. Mm-hmm. The other individuals, what ended up happening was, and that that criteria, by the way, one of the things I said for the industry-specific mentor, mm-hmm. I was fine with them being anywhere in Canada or the United States. Okay. My business was tethered to the United States. So at the end, we had 3,000 hospitals. 
across the United States that were using our product. So it became quite large. But I told myself, if I got the phone call from one of these three guys that they were in, let's say, Phoenix, Arizona at a Mm -hmm. Starbucks tomorrow, and they said, I got 10 minutes to talk to you, (laughs) I would find my way there somehow, right? Mm -hmm. And back then, I had very little money. um, And we had two young kids and all this other stuff. So... um, so that's that's how driven I was to actually find. And the guy that became my mentor actually found out about an evening event happening in Silicon Valley mm. that he may or may not have been at the night before. And it was one of those after work events that's for people that live in Silicon Valley, sure. right? I flew from Toronto, went to that event, was told he's not going to be there. Mm. Right? Because he had just exited his company. I was quite deflated. But then at the end of the event, he walked in. Right? And I just walked right up to him. And I'm not a big networker. And there was, you know, obviously a big crowd around him because he had just exited his company. And finally, I pushed my way in. I'm like, hi, I'm Saad. He's like, hi, I'm so-and-so. And he said, so how can I help you? I said, I live in Toronto. I flew here. I fly back tomorrow. You're on the list. I need you to be my mentor. Right. And he said, Whoa, are you, are you, are you stalking me? Right. And then that's how, that's how we, that's how we connected. Um, and we, we became so close from a business perspective that he stopped being my mentor because he became part of the business and became, uh, what's known in that industry as a chief medical officer, which Mm -hmm. is the head of product. So he, he became a head of product. And the reason I say this for anybody listening to this, the reason he stopped being my mentor, and this was an issue him and I had at that time that we had to work out, was I told him, I said, you're no longer my mentor mm-hmm. because you, you're you now on the cap table, right? Yeah. Meaning I've given you equity. So once there's an exchange of equity mm-hmm. or money or something like that, that mentor-mentee relationship isn't pure anymore. It's not the mm-hmm. same. Right. You're now partners. It's different. Right. So yep. some people, they, they mix it up. They'll hire a business coach and say, that's my mentor. I'm like, no, no, yeah. that's not your mentor. That individual is there because you're paying them. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's different. That's awesome. Well, and that's, I mean, what an awesome example. I just absolutely love that. So now let's fast forward a little bit. You've exited from your businesses. Um, at that point, what, uh, what did you start doing from a perspective of, you know, what, what do you do for a living today? Well, why don't we go back to just when I exited? Because okay. I was, I am part of an, a few entrepreneur groups, but okay. one of the entrepreneur groups I'm part of, um, the guy that runs, it's a, it's a conference for like 100, 200 people that happens every year. Um, nice. He ended up calling me and he said, you know, a lot of people think you're kind of weird. I'm like, why am I, why am I weird? Right. And within that group that year, 2018, there were a few of us, I think four of us that had large exits. And he said, you know, there's so-and-so and so-and-so and so also exited and people know about that. Right. And we just had the conference and a lot of people spoke to you at the conference as well. And they just think you're a little bit different. I'm like, why? He's like, well, so-and-so that sold his business, right. He went and he got a collection of Ferraris. Right. I was like, okay, okay. all right, maybe, Whatever. maybe yeah. like Ferraris. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and then, uh, somebody else started their business, another, the next business, like immediately. Right. Yeah. Which is, which, which in my experience is never good. No. Like once you exit, 
you should take some space as much as your resources can afford within reason without becoming lazy and complacent to, to have some space between the two chapters. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the third person waited a couple months and then took the war chest of money that he made from the sale and bought back his company. <laughs> right. Uh, and I said, okay, he needs, and the individual said, he goes, and you saw it. He goes, you, have just gone on to just spend time with your kids mm -hmm. and your wife. And I started exploring everything non-entrepreneurial, right? Okay. Um, you know, I, I would uh, go to a local park down by Lake Ontario near to my house. Um, and I would, I'd be meditating there and things like that because I've meditated for a long, long time. So that's not a new thing that I was doing, but mm -hmm. I noticed these people taking care of the flowers and everything else. So I actually tried to get a job. Um, taking care of the gardens there, right? Um, you know, they saw me with my bicycle, but, but I realized you have to be, you have to have a horticulturalist degree. Like I'd have to okay. go to school for four years. Like, yeah. No, thank you. But so, <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. So I, I was exploring like everything yeah. non-entrepreneurially, right? Um, for almost two years. Hmm. Um, and then, um, I decided, uh, I wanted to get back in the game. Um, uh, during that time, I was investing in a bunch of companies. I was mm -hmm. advising and I still do that stuff. There's a portfolio that I have of, of companies that I've invested in, but I realized that I don't want to be in the sidelines. I want to yeah. be in the game. Um, and one of my, my general business mentor, he told me, he's like, when you're ready to get back into it, he said, at this stage of the game, you should not be thinking about the product first or the service first, or the idea first. Yeah. Because you need to find the partner or partners that you can mastermind with, right? Mm -hmm. um, sort of, you know, Napoleon Hill-esque sort of masterminding to yeah. come up to come up with, with the actual idea. So that's what I started looking for first. So I found those partners, and then we came up with an idea, and now uh, we have a software-as-a-service company within the supply chain, warehousing space nice. um, that, that, that we started. So it's early days. It's self-funded, mm -hmm. right? So we're not going to raise any money. We're just going to take care of it ourselves. Um, yeah. We just finished building our product, right? I'm very simple when it comes to tech. Some of the younger guys that, you know, come to me for advice, I still don't understand how they do things. It's, you know, they're, they're, they're building like <laughs> something just good enough to raise some money and then a little bit more to raise some more money. Mm. Um, and, you know, when they talk to me, I tell them, I'm like, well, I'm done building it. Like yes. we just, we just finished in, uh, in February. So, yeah. and they're like, well, what are you going to do next? I'm like, well, I'm going to sell it. Yeah. And I'm going to try to sell a lot of it. Right. <laughs> uh, they're like, oh man, that's wow, really totally cool. new concept. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah I'm trying to sell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then get it in so the that, hands of, yeah, get it in the hands of your end users who can then help you develop it more. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that, that's, that's the big focus right now. Um, with, with, with the bulk of my time, um, nice. and in between that, um, you know, I've got a small coaching program and things like mm -hmm. that for, for other entrepreneurs. Nice. Very cool. Well, what's, uh, what's new in your world that you're, you know, besides the, the new company, anything new, uh, you know, over and above that? Uh, business wise or personal? Either one, whatever you want to talk about. Well, I mean, I will say that while I had that last business, Mm -hmm. I did a lot of public speaking, right? Okay. So I would, I would, I would strategically speak at healthcare related conferences. 
mm-hmm. um, within my space. Yeah. But I would never talk about my company mm-hmm. or the product or the service. I would just simply tell my entrepreneurial story um, to healthcare executives because a lot of them were high paid, high stress healthcare hospital executives in the United States that were losing their health, losing their relationships, whatever, at the sake of their their career. Mm-hmm. And I would just tell my story of how I got to where I was at that point. But post-exit, I realized I did a good service to those people, but I did a disservice as well. Because mm-hmm. some of my beliefs have changed post-exit as well in yeah. terms of health, right? So I used to preach that I only need four hours of sleep because mm-hmm. I used to only sleep four hours a night. That's how I was able to do all this stuff. Um, and now I realize how wrong I was, right? Yeah. So some of the things that changed for me is I used to be, uh, I mean, I played college basketball and I, I used to do martial arts at a fairly high level. So pretty athletic. Yeah. But I, what's changed for me is I now view entrepreneurship as my sport. Mm-hmm. And the people that I coach, I coach them accordingly, right? So I said, look, this is your sport. So you need to train accordingly for it, right? So aside from all the business stuff we do, I also preach to them that you need to sleep correctly. Mm-hmm. You need to work out correctly, right? You need to eat correctly, et cetera, for entrepreneurship, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a, I had a great mentor post-exit, right? So he is from the basketball world. He okay. was uh, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan's uh, coach, their, wow. their fitness trainer for their, for their entire career, right? Mm-hmm. A gentleman by the name of uh, Tim, Tim Grover. Okay. So I, I was, I was fortunate enough to have some mentorship from him during that time. And I love the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. So while we we're mentoring, um, I was just, I was just picking his brain about Michael Jordan. So he sent me this old book that he wrote a long time ago with Michael's entire workout. Yeah. So one day in our sessions like this, he saw that I was, I just looked really worn down and he said, why do you look like this? I said, well, I've been trying the workouts. He goes, you're trying the workouts, right? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the second, I, I finished it. I'm on the second time through it. He goes, you're an idiot. I said, why? He said, he's the one that planted the seed. He said, those workouts are for professional athletes, mm-hmm. right? Which you're not anymore, right? Yep. He goes, and even for professional athletes, that's where the best of the best. Yeah. Which you this never is the will Michael be, Jordan's. Right? Yeah. This is Michael yeah. Jordan's workout. Yeah. <laughs> so then he, he, he's on the planted a feet. He said, look, he goes, you're an entrepreneur. He goes, you don't, you can't work out two and a half hours a day. Right. Mm-hmm. He said, you got to pick your few workouts throughout the week, keep them real short, make them count. Right. And that's when I, I got to thinking, okay. I'm going to organize my life, like all the things I do health-wise to complement this sport of entrepreneurship, right? And that's really, really allowed me to hit another level of focus and efficiency Mm -hmm. in not just uh, rocket ship, which is the new business, but also like that's my main business, but also all the other ventures Mm -hmm. that we've been able to kind of start and the investments and everything else. Right. It's allowed me to be hyper focused, hyper alert and a lot more energy. So, yeah. you know, a lot of people I coach, I kind of I look at their lives and I'm, I'm like, look, this is a tweak you've got to make. So a tweak could be 
you know what? You should wear some blue light blocking glasses like I have at this time onwards. Mm. And, you know, and I do a time audit with the people that I coach. So I make them fill out like a piece of paper that shows me how they actually spend their time. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, nah, you're not going to watch Netflix anymore to wind down at night mm-hmm. from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Like, oh, but I need them. Like, no, you don't. Right. Yeah. I'm like, just get rid of that stuff. Right. So like little tweaks like that. Sure. Then we then we transmute that additional energy into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. But it sounds to me like you've also kind of found that balance too, you know, that work-life balance around it where, you know, you, you've stayed, you know, focused on your family too, on top of all that versus, you know, the entrepreneur that's just totally focused on their business and, you know, all the other pieces are really not there. You're, you're, you're right. And I do want to acknowledge that, that like what I'm about to say comes from a place of privilege, right? Yeah. So there's some privilege here. Um, so in entrepreneurship success, you know, there's a lot of preparedness. There's a lot of hard work. There's a little bit of maybe intellect that you get, but there's also a lot of luck yeah. and timing as well. You know what I mean? Like I sold my business in 2018. If it didn't happen for an 18, 18 more months and I had it during the pandemic, mm-hmm. it would have been game over for me. Right. So yeah. like, look at that timing, like that amongst many others that I can think of that I had no control over. Sure. Um, but but right now, my biggest focus in life are our four children. That's mm-hmm. my biggest focus. And even the people that I coach, I will ask them, let's say I was coaching you, Jeff. I'd say, hey, what's your championship right now? Like, what's the big championship you're chasing, right? And when I had my last business, it really wasn't my wife and kids. It was yeah. the sale of that business. That was my championship. Right now, it's the four kids. And everything falls under un- underneath that. Mm-hmm. But that's because... I'm in a place right now where I'm working for motivation that is not monetary. Yeah. Right. The monetary piece is not the primary motivator anymore at this point for me. It's important. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm, I'm not doing stuff pro bono, but it's not as, it's not as it was before. Right. Yeah. So, so that allows me to say, Oh, my championship for my four kids. And I'm legitimately mm-hmm. backing up with, with my schedule. Yeah. Well, but I mean, that's, that's, it is, you gave yourself the right to be able to do that. And, but not everybody, you know, I mean, you talked about the one guy that, or like really two of the other ones that exited and, you know, one went off and started another business. The other one bought his other business back. You know, it's like they had nothing else in their lives at that point that they could do it. You had that option to say, you know what, I'm just going to slow down and stop for a second. And that's the thing I respect about you. I mean, you know, you took that time um, I exited from one of my businesses last year and, you know, I, it, it's funny because I was so used to that go, 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 go. And literally, I mean, it's been nine months of me really kind of stopping, reflecting, looking about what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, uh, what my passions were. And I, I would not have done it differently. You know, I don't feel like, well, I was lazy. I mean, I was sitting here reading, you know, eight, nine books a week, just literally consuming information, really trying to figure out, okay, what is this? What is the design for my life going forward? And I think people don't do that enough. So, you know, even though you didn't become a horticulturist and (laughs) get your get your job in the parks, I think spending that time there helped you to get to where you are today. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's a, just a wonderful story. I'm just so excited to to hear where you're going with the new business. I'm uh, I'm excited to hear where that goes, and and we'll have to kind of circle back. 
But uh, let's transition now to the fast five questions. You ready? All right, let's do it. All right. First one, you wake up in the morning, business is gone. You have your connections and your knowledge. Um, you have 500 bucks in your pocket, laptop, computer, place to live. What do you do first? First thing I do is I'm going to try to figure out how to use my resources, the laptop and okay. the $500. How can I put that as seed money into starting something really, really small hmm. to, to start a business? And I'm thinking not, not something like before. I mean, I do some mentorship with a supermax prison in South Carolina okay. where and uh, and sometimes I talk to inmates that are leaving, going out there, right? So some of these guys, they're looking to buy a weed whacker, <laughs> right? Or a, or a lawnmower. Yeah. Because they've identified that where they're going to live, they're going to start a lawn cutting business, right? Okay. So if I'm starting back from ground zero, I may be looking for a lawnmower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and can easily buy some kind of equipment for 500 bucks and and get your business up and running. I love that idea. Yeah, and, and grow it into $1,000. There you go. What's a, what's the biggest business mistake you've ever made? Uh, that was an easy one because uh, I talk about it. Business, business, business mistake I made was um, I happen to be married, right? So this goes out to anyone that has a significant other in their life, right? Mm -hmm. And when you're that close, in a relationship like that, a mistake I made, and I see it over and over again, and I try not to make that mistake, and I probably could talk to my wife, maybe I'm still making it, but she would have given me perspectives and advice at that closeness mm -hmm. over and over and over again, and I don't, I didn't listen to it. Yeah. And then I'd have to go out and hire other people and everything else, and then I realized that what she was saying all along um was was correct right um and because of that realization the mistake is even more compounded because uh what i didn't do in the past was give her the recognition mm. and respect for the impact she had on the business yeah because she was never in the boardroom and every wasn't on the cap table officially and everything else but you know she was probably the biggest advisor and help her along the way in many ways. And it was after the fact that I realized that. And, you know, I'm playing catch up in terms of letting her know yeah. how important it was, her, her, her impact was. So yeah. anybody listening to this, just start turning the tide the other way if that's, if, if you're doing that right now. Yeah. It's fun. I actually work with my spouse. So, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, she's, She's a major part of running our businesses. And, and I, I've said it all along. I mean, she was the one that was kind of in the background and I brought her in to actually run operations and she's a genius at running operations. So, you know, sometimes you're, you're best and most loyal. I've said it all along. She's the best partner I've ever had. Um, you know, she's the only one that's really ever worked out from a partner standpoint. So, um, you know, sometimes look at, look at the other person that you live with in your house <laughs> As a as yep, a good advisor absolutely. and certainly maybe somebody that could be working with you in the business. What's a good book that you would recommend for our audience? You know, I'm not going to recommend a business book. I used okay. to do that a lot in my previous chapter. I would say a book that I would go back to is The Alchemist. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, great book. 
um, you know, I could sit here and tell you to go read Napoleon Hill, they can go rich for obvious reasons, blah, 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 right? That, that's too easy. But the, the Alchemist, if you haven't read it, it's one of the greatest books of all time, nonfiction, mm-hmm. or yeah, it's fictional, sorry, it's fictional. Okay. Um, but there are a lot of parables in that about mm-hmm. going within yourself to find the answers that you need. Because a lot of times we go outside looking for answers or validation, but we need okay. to quiet the noise, stop reading so many books, taking in so much information, get quiet, and then see what we are actually saying to ourselves. So The Alchemist is a really, really great book about that. It's one of those books you could reread every year and find something new. Nice. Uh, and that was Paulo Coelho, right? Correct. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we'll put a link to that down in our show notes page. Um, what's a good tool that you use every day in your business? Hmm. Tool. I'm very anti-tech, even though I make my living from tech. So that's the, uh, that I'm trying to think what, because by tool, I know what you mean. Like what, what, uh, what I use technologically, um, it doesn't doesn't have to be tech. I've had every answer from a yellow Mm -hmm. legal pad to paste and a pencil to, you know, super high tech stuff. Uh, you, you know what? You know what it is? It comes down to the biggest tool in my business is me and my energy and my health. Yeah. So without giving you some hokey answer of, oh, well, I focus on my health and that's really important. That's my tool. I do use a tool to monitor my health, a piece of technology. Mm-hmm. So I have, no, I have no stake in this company, mm-hmm. right? I'm just a meager customer, but I happened to be one of their first customers five years ago. So there's a little next to my watch. There's a little yep. black strap here, um, and this there's no interface on it because to see the data, mm. you have to go in on your on your iPhone or whatever Android or whatever. So uh, it's called Whoop W H O O P. Came mm. out of Harvard Medical School. I just came across it because I saw LeBron James's trainer talking about it five years ago. I'm like, what is this? It is actually certifiably. You can check it out one of the best consumer tools for non-professional athletes to use that tracks your sleep okay. and your strength. And that's really important to me because when I wake up in the morning, I can see my sleep score and whatever else in terms of that. But it actually is the best tool in the market to tell you how hard you you should work today. And okay. it, it factors in yesterday's physical strain and emotional strain, Right. So when I was going through my exit, I wasn't really working out a lot because yeah. exiting is like a whole other thing. That seven months is craziness, right? But my strain every day was so high because mm. it's monitoring all these metrics in my heart, right? So it knows the amount of stress that I'm, that I'm under. So that this little tool helps me that I can look at that every morning, right? And then I'm like, okay, this is where it is. I'm like, oh, I had this crazy workout plan, but it's telling me not to. So I, I will adjust accordingly. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a, that's a cool tool. I, I've got to look into that. Uh, great idea. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying I come from the two watch club here. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, final question. What is your definition of freedom? My definition of freedom is being able to have and use discipline okay. because I don't think I'm the, actually, I know I'm not the smartest one in most of the rooms I'm in, mm-hmm. right? 
I'm not necessarily the one with the best managerial skills or bedside manner at times because I'm quite blunt. But the one thing I, I've heard my whole life over and over again in a good way and a bad way is that ah, you're so disciplined. You're so disciplined, right? Or you're so serious, right? And I am very disciplined, right? I mean, I eat the same thing for breakfast every morning. Mm-hmm. I have all of my clothes that I'm going to wear mapped out for the whole week on Sunday. I set all that up. Everything's set up, right? Um, I'm very, very disciplined. Um, a lot of that comes from my martial arts background. But, you know, it's I'm not the one that made up the saying, but there's that saying that discipline leads to freedom, right? Yeah. But by being that disciplined, you make different decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody that wants to be wealthy, wealthy is not a big exit. Wealth is spending and living at a place financially less than what you're earning, mm. right? That's, then, you're, then you're relaxed, you're wealthy, but that requires discipline, yeah. right? And it requires discipline to say no to things, to say no to events, obligations, and everything else. I say no all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm honest with it. People are like, oh, can you come to this event? And I'll say no. And they're like, oh, you can't? I'm like, no, I don't want to. Right. It doesn't fit with, it doesn't, it doesn't fit with what my, what I'm focusing on right now. Yeah. Like I'll, and, and, but it's the truth. Right. Uh, so I would say, um, free, my definition of, of freedom is being able to consistently, uh, use and, employee discipline, the muscle of discipline. Nice. I love it. Fantastic. Well, so if uh, somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way? Uh, I've got a website, which is sawjuman.com, right? So you can, you can check me out there. I'm not really on social media other than LinkedIn. Uh, I maintain a profile there. So my LinkedIn is at sawjuman and um, you know, Outside of those two platforms, usually people will interface with me um, to find out about coaching. I don't do a lot of one-on-one coaching anymore um, mm-hmm. because I've kind of pushed a lot of my time into our new venture and ventures. Yeah. Um, however, I do do a, a small group coaching program um, mm-hmm. for people that are actually um, trying to exit. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and if somebody wanted to get a hold of that, your, your mentoring uh document that you put together how's what's the best way for that uh you, you know what i mean maybe maybe i can send it to you and you can post it i'd right? love to if, 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 yeah if, if you want to do that right yeah. and uh we can do, love to. do it that way all right sounds good my friend well anybody that's interested in that just uh pm us and we'll uh we'll actually give you that information or you can uh, download it from the show notes page wherever you're at here um or wherever you're listening to this uh, so thank you so much, man. I appreciate you being on today. You're just a, a wonderful guest to have. I just love your your philosophy and what you do, man. My my pleasure. And I'm very honored to be on your show and I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, folks, as always, um, we do this twice a week. Uh, we bring on wonderful people like him to talk more about their lives and what they've done and uh, their expertise. Uh, make sure that if you like this, Give us a five-star rating. Uh, Share this with somebody else. Share this with a friend that is uh, considering an exit from their business. And we are here to help out wherever we can. So thanks a lot. And we will see you guys back here the next time. 
Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 